You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah. Don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Yeah. Welcome to Chalk Talk here on the uh, official podcast network of Cincy Jungle. Today, my guest really requires no inner uh, introduction here. Uh formerly of Cincy Jungle, now with the post game, it's Rebecca Toback. Rebecca, how are you doing today? I'm doing as uh, as good as can be in these quarantine times. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. It's uh, it, it's getting rough. We're both uh, both Bengals uh, fans, both, uh, you know, Bengals, uh, Bengals uh, media people, I guess you could say, but uh, we both live on the East Coast, and uh, I know it's uh, I know it's gotten rough in Ohio as well, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely rough out here in the in the East Coast. And um, yeah, I know you're you're in New York, and it's pretty pretty bad in Massachusetts. And I'm right in Rhode Island, sandwiched in between the two of you. So fun uh, fun times. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, like everything else in the NFL, uh, we are going to begin and end talking about quarterbacks today. Uh, so. We'll we'll talk about the the old quarterback, uh, and it's not exactly out with the old right now for Andy Dalton. He's sticking around. Um, so, what are your thoughts on uh, on Andy Dalton's situation and what might be going down right now with Dalton? You know, I I can't believe that the Bengals have messed up another quarterback trade. That is what is going through my mind right now. I feel like we watched, um, you know, a bunch of quarterback moves happen in the last week. Nick Foles to the Bears was the big one that kind of had this domino effect. But even today, Kyle Allen going to the Redskins, it's like every quarterback move, big or small, Brian Hoyer to the Patriots, it all impacts the Bengals and what they're going to get or what they're not going to get for Andy Dalton. So it looks less and less likely every day that the Bengals are able to trade Andy Dalton for anything. I don't even think that they could get like a fifth round pick at this point. It, I, I don't know where he's going to go. Maybe the Jaguars could be an option. I honestly did think the Redskins were like an under the radar, really good option. Um, and now after the Kyle Allen move from the Panthers today, I don't think that's going to happen. That doesn't, wouldn't make sense anymore. Um, so, you know, it, it just, I'm having a lot of flashbacks of broken fax machines with AJ <laughs> McCarron and the Bengals once again, you know, thinking that they could get more than they really could and then screwing themselves out of getting literally anything. Yeah. Uh, it's worrisome, and and definitely with the past, you you understand why uh, fans are are getting agitated uh, at this point. I don't 
look, the options are, are declining. I don't think it's over. You know, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people feel like are, are acting like it's over. Um, now, uh, uh, Jeff Howe, uh, a couple of days ago, it, it reported that, that Dalton was not in the immediate plans uh, of the Patriots. That, that to me, let's let's not take that for more than what it what it was. They said not. He said not in the immediate plans. Uh, he said that uh, uh, you know that something would have to change. So maybe it's still a possibility. Maybe they're trying to make it play at Cam. Maybe they're trying to make it play at Jameis. I, I doubt that one, but maybe. Um, I, the Hoyer thing made me more nervous than the Jeff Howe thing uh, because. Uh, it's like, all right, well, geez, are they bringing in Hoyer to to be the the older guy to uh, you know to have some experience behind uh, Stidham? Are they are they rolling with Stidham? Um, but I think any way you look at it, I mean, I I think they could bring in uh, a you know a Cam or a Dalton or somebody and still want Hoyer there to be somebody who really knows the system inside and out. So. I don't know. I don't think the Patriots are necessarily out. It's, I mean, it sounds like the Chargers aren't going to do anything. They're probably, you know, trying to get into the uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, uh, pool for for next year. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's the options are running out. I don't think it's gone. Uh, but one thing that I, that I think is lost in this too is we we blame the Bengals, you know, and, and rightfully so. Like we said, there's a pass, but they also said that they were going to work with Dalton and work with his agent to get him into a situation and to kind of take care of him. So again, it comes down to the Bengals and and they own his rights. They can move him. Um, But I, you know, I, I wonder, I mean, did, did Chicago want to renegotiate and he didn't want to do it? Do you know, like, I wonder what else is going on uh, behind the scenes there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I do agree that the Bengals likely are taking what Andy wants into consideration. Um, but then you'd also have to think there'd be some leaks about that, especially from the Bears who seem to leak everything. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I, and I, I agree with you. Like, there's always the quarterback injury that you don't expect, and then a whole new trade market opens up there. Um, there's, like, unexpected things that happen every year that cause quarterback dominoes to fall. So, yeah, it's not it's not a completely dead situation, but... I feel like it might be silent for a while if the Bengals are willing to let it be. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you got to wonder about what the situation in Carolina is now uh, that, you know, they traded away a guy. Um, if they don't get what they think they're going to get in the draft, if that's their plan or, you know, like maybe some dominoes fall there, like you were saying, but um, I don't know. And, and, and now at this point, a lot of people are saying, just cut him. And, to be honest, though, I don't know what they're going to do with that money if they cut him. You know, so I don't really understand what the necessarily the benefit is. Because uh, at this point in, in free agency, I don't I don't know that they're actually going out and reinvesting that money anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. The, yeah. The only need for the money would be if they're assigning AJ Green to a long term deal. If they sure. want to do something with Joe Mixon, which. That's a whole other discussion, but yeah, the, those kinds of things, AJ, it, it needs to happen before July 15th, but 
they usually do their big extensions at the end of the summer. So it's not like necessarily they need that money at this moment. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it's going. I mean, I, you know, you, you, you have your eye on that draft pick all along. You know? uh, so it would be very frustrating to, to cut bait and get nothing on it. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know that, that to me is my question is what is the salary holding us back from doing? And you're absolutely right. If, you know, if it comes to, down to that extension time and they, and they got to do it then, well, you know, then there's a reason, you know, then it's, you know, then it's because we're, we're getting AJ green back or, or there's something that you can, you can validate it with, but I don't want to cut bait just to cut bait, you know, and that doesn't mean Joe Burrow's not coming in and starting, but, um, and if, if Dalton's not happy about being a backup, then, you know, his agent could have done a better job of trying to get him dealt. You know what I mean? Um, so I, 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 you know, I think that that was what I was trying to say in the first place was, uh, you know, his, his agent, you know, we can put a little bit of on his agent, not that it takes anything off the Bengals, but you know, uh, at the end of the day, if he doesn't want to be a backup in Cincinnati, then, you know, his, his guy had the ability to try and do that. Um, so we talk about lack of movement. Uh, Cordy Glenn, that came out and said they're going to cut him if nobody traded for him. And obviously people just let them cut him. Uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, your old golfing buddy. Uh, especially after uh, the, the signings that we'll get to in a second. Uh, of two defensive backs uh, in the first week of free agency. People thought Kirkpatrick would be gone. People thought he might be a salary dump in the first place. Uh, but he's still hanging around and, and, you know, it doesn't look like he's, he's going anywhere. So um, I, we talked about all these trades and it doesn't look like anything's happening right now. Yeah. I, I actually remember right after the season was over, there was an article in the athletic that literally listed like 20 different guys from the Bengals who had like the high potential to be traded this off season. And I was just like, none of these guys are going to be traded. Like, who are we kidding? Like, this is all great in theory, but, and now, you know, none of them have been traded. So um, I, I still think with Dre, I, I could see him being cut, maybe traded, though it's like, who wants to take on that contract, which uh, was a mistake to begin with. So we'll see. I mean, the, you do wonder, though, like one of the guys who I thought had some, I don't know, potential for discussion there is uh, William Jackson, who he ha- he's in now his last year, the fifth year option. But there were like all these talks that he didn't actually like being in Cincinnati and that there was some tension with him and the coaching staff. So that has seemed to that conversation has like disappeared, I feel like, since the end of the year. Um, but I feel like it has potential to resurface and isn't something we're talking about. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, definitely, I think the depth in the defensive backfield was uh, an issue before. They've they've got some depth there now, um, but they've got some question marks, and they've got a lot of you know a lot more money than you would you'd think they'd want invested back there, uh, especially if they they do you know look to uh, extend Jackson. Um, you know, again, if, 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 if he's gone, you know, or, or if he's the guy that's getting traded then that's a completely different story, but, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, now just as we have been waiting on a trade, uh, free agency, we were waiting around <laughs> for quite a while. Uh, the Bengals didn't do anything right away. Uh, frustration was, was clear in the Twitter sphere. Uh, 
And uh, but then they made it. They made a splash. Uh, you know, uh, DJ Reader uh, was a really good pickup. Uh, not really a guy that was on my radar for them. Um, you know, I think uh, you know, Goodberry and others had kind of talked about him. I didn't. I don't know. I thought they would go a little bit more. You know, towards the linebacker O line side. I didn't. I didn't think they'd really uh, look to invest that much into a defensive tackle. But you know, watching his film, uh, that was a great pickup. Uh, and then obviously Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander from Minnesota uh, in the defensive backfield, uh, and uh, Xavier Suofilo. I think I got that right. Uh, the offensive guard uh, taking the place of John Miller, who they cut. So uh, a little bit of action. Uh, some some pretty good names in there. What what uh, what did you think of you know what they eventually did in that first week of free agency? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's like hard to complain because we've complained so much about like lack of activity from them. And then they signed four guys. So and four guys who weren't Bengals last year. So, I mean, that's all great. It's progress on the, you know, the path to making your team better. I hope that um, you pronounced his name much better than I can attempt to, but the offensive lineman who they signed, I I hope he's not being handed a starting job. I think this is something we talked about a lot last year too, where it's like they made some signings, but you can't just hand the guys the job. So it's great to add competition and he is a, a good option to be competing for a starting job. Um, and then, you know, as far as the, the cornerbacks they added, I think that those are some good moves, especially when you average their contracts together. So not just looking at them, uh, you know, how much they cost on their own. But um, and I, I think it's exciting to like get two guys who clearly were friends and liked each other on the same team. They both are coming from the Vikings um, and clearly are like happy about coming together to Cincinnati. So I think that's like an under the radar thing as well when you think about like adding guys who are excited about the situation they're being put into and are happy and want to work hard for you. Like when, um, when the Bengals drafted Joe Mixon, I feel like they made it a priority to draft Jordan Evans because like they wanted to give him a, you know, an environment where he felt he could thrive and like have support. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's just like a, an interesting component to it all. Um, and then with Reader, I think that a really big part of his signing is also like the off the field leadership element of it. Like he seems like a really great guy, a great leader, um, does a lot in the communities that he has been in. And when you think about the Bengals defensive line already, Gino Atkins and Carlos Dunlap are both like huge community guys. They both have a lot going on in the community themselves. So I think that for them, not only are they getting a great teammate as far as someone who can play at a Pro Bowl level, but they're also getting a guy who cares about his community where he lives and what he does. And he was the Texans um, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee last year. He did a lot of really great stuff in the um the community down there in Texas. So I think that that's great that they actually, you know, they're, they're trying to add guys who actually care about the team and are going to work hard to help the Bengals get better. So um, I think that, you know, even if you're, you're not happy about how much money they, it's crazy that like people are complaining about the money they spent after all we wanted them to do spend money. Um, <laughs> but, like, all that aside, I think that they added some like high quality people to the locker room. 
Yeah, I mean they definitely didn't didn't go cheap, um, and I think Reader was a was definitely a big pickup. Um, you know, you make some great points there too about you know what what kind of character he has and about uh, bringing in two guys from the same defensive backfield in, in, in Minnesota. Uh, Waynes was a first round pick. He was like a four three one forty at the combine. Um, you know, he just. He kind of has some lapses. He makes a few mistakes here or there, but but he's a guy that they definitely uh, could could get you know the what that contract is worth out of uh, you know for for the uh, the skill of you see from that guy. Um, he's he's still just a little bit raw. Just hasn't quite come into his own. Um, you know, Alexander, uh, good replacement. You know, in the in the slot, you know, guy that can support the run a little bit. I think he's probably uh, a little bit better. Uh, in past defense uh, from the slot than, than Darquez was. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a one-year deal, I believe, too. So all of the Darius Phillips fans out there, you know, that, that still might be a chance. This might be a possibility for him. Um, the, the guy I didn't mention was Mike Thomas. I didn't really put him in that same grouping because, uh, you know, he's what is he really competing for? Maybe like the fifth receiver type spot, and that's if they don't draft one. So, um, whereas the rest of these guys, I think you're going to see, uh, Suofilo will be interesting. Um, now you've got the two, the, the pair of Ohio state guys, uh, in, in Jordan and price. Um, and you've got, uh, uh, geez, I lost the other. Oh, Alex Redman, uh, who they, who they brought back, uh, competing for two spots there. So, It'll be interesting to, to see uh, what what goes on with those guys. I think Price is obviously a guy we're, we're waiting to see him turn the corner. Um, I think he might have a chance if they let him compete at right guard because I, I think he looked a little better there than he has in the left and at center. Uh, Jordan was a low draft pick that looked pretty good at times last year. So we'll see those guys compete. And I think the dark horse, too, is, is Fred Johnson, who – yeah. was playing guard for the Steelers uh, before the Bengals uh, swiped him up. So, you know, maybe there's a possibility of that. I, I, I don't think he's going to end up playing right tackle. I'm sorry, but <laughs> we'd all love it, but I don't think it's going to happen. So uh, we'll see. Now, vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, some losses as well, and, and I touched on our Darquez, uh, Billings. Uh, obviously, those two guys re- had been re- replaced. 
Uh, big loss on special teams with, with Fedge, though, heading down to Miami. Um, so, I mean, overall, when you when you look at it, you got to feel pretty good about how, uh, you know, the, the net outcome uh, of those uh, uh, gains and, and losses in the first week. Uh, would you, would you agree with me on that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it, it, those, the losses are, are small losses in the grand scheme of thing. It would have been nice to keep uh fedge, I think. Um, but you know, I'm sure they, they feel that he can be replaced and that good special teams coaching will replace him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything to like really lose sleep over as far as what they've lost in comparison to what they've gained. Yeah, and they've got one of the best in the business there, uh, coaching the special teams. So that's a you know that's a big component of it. I was a little worried about Cody Core uh, <laughs> last year, uh, just w- with losing the things he did on special teams, uh, and then you know they they came out and uh, Brandon Wilson uh, was you know had a great year on special teams, uh, not just as a kickoff returner, but but also. Uh, uh, as a gunner on the punt team, on kickoffs, things like that, and kind of uh, filled in some of that that core role. So I am sure that uh, that he's got a plan uh, moving forward without Fedge, but definitely a, a loss that's going to be noticed and will will change the face of things a little bit. Um, now, the one thing that we didn't really see though is uh, is the linebacker position. Uh, so we sat and watched as uh, as Schobert, Littleton, Martinez. Uh, you know, all these guys uh, disappeared, went off to other teams. So what do you think the plan is at linebacker uh, as it sits right now? I mean, they didn't even re-sign Vigil. Uh, so their depth, at, they literally have three guys at linebacker right now. Um, Pratt is is the one that people are going to feel good about. Jordan Evans, who's never really developed into what you know people wanted him to be. Uh, and the other guy, honestly, I'm blanking on his name right now. I want uh, Brady Shelton. I wanted to say Blake Shelton. Uh, so w- what do you think the, the plan is at linebacker? Yeah, I, it's weird. I mean, last year um, when the Bengals went into the season with, I think it was five linebackers on the roster and there were all these players like coming out being like, yeah, I mean, we don't know where we don't know why there's only five of us on the roster and like what's going to happen if one of us gets hurt. And it's like, it's like the Bengals didn't learn and they were just like cool with having a terrible linebacker group (laughs) right now. It's like scary. What is going to happen in, in week one? It's like, even if you spend your second round pick on the linebacker position, that's one guy who you're going to be putting a lot of hope into. And just like last year, Pratt was a third round pick, right? So it took him a long time for them to feel comfortable playing him. And then it took even longer for him to actually, you know, be representing the team admirably to any extent on the field and and towards the end of the season he really did make a ton of progress which is great but it's like you can't really expect a second round pick at best that's you know the highest we could expect they'd take a linebacker to be able to just like come and be a a week one starter and I mean that's not the Bengal way so (laughs) it's just and I mean I guess Sean Williams is obviously like playing a lot of linebacker snaps and I imagine that that would continue maybe they draft a safety pretty early to allow for that to continue um, especially now with Fedge gone but 
I, I don't know. It's just, I guess, I, I would assume that they tried to get one of those top linebackers on the free agent market. And then when they didn't, they just kind of were like, okay, well, you know, <laughs> there's always the draft. I don't know. I really don't know what the plan could be other than that. They don't seem to care about the linebacker position uh, to the extent that they may need to, if they care about winning football games. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's interesting too, because you, you get into that scenario where you're like, well, do they do they have a number? I, I believe we know they were in on on Schobert, you know. And do they have a, a number that they weren't willing to go to, which alone, like in a vacuum, would be frustrating. But when you know what they spent on Trey Waynes and DJ Reader, right? It, it's like okay, well maybe they made a, a smart business decision, but it did obviously lead them with a void at that at that spot, and it's rough in this draft class too, because you're looking at it and Queen and Murray could go in round one. And I don't know if I want to take a linebacker at 33 of Queen and Murray and, and obviously Simmons are off the board. So, um, so then, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're going round three again, <laughs> you know, just like last year, uh, you know, crossing our fingers. Now, one thing that would be a very Bengals thing to do, and I don't know, maybe this is, it's hard to distinguish what's a very Bengals thing and what's a very Marvin thing because the two were joined for so long. Um, but Willie Gay uh, out of Mississippi State, you know, tore up the combine. So maybe he's gone up draft boards, but he punched his quarterback in the face and the guy, and the guy missed the bowl game. Uh, so um, that's, I mean, that sounds like a guy that Bengals would be like, man, we'll take him in the third because it's a great value. We'll take him in the fourth because it's a great value. And honestly, I, I loved his film. I didn't think he was quite as fast as he is. And, and now that I know his speed, if you take off the on-the-field stuff, I feel pretty good about that guy. <laughs> so, I don't, I mean, you know, that, that it's, they've done that in the past where they've, they've gotten value out of guys with character concerns. Um, and it it's worked for them. I mean, it, it definitely has worked for them. Not, not always, you know, for for uh, forever, but uh, at least in the short term, it's worked for them. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the plan or what they're going to do. But I mean, now they put themselves in a situation they got to draft somebody. Right. So speaking of the draft, uh, you are a, a proud Syracuse alum. Oh, yeah. um, and. Uh, I tell you what, uh, I didn't I didn't realize it until I started looking in to uh, some of the draft prospects. But uh, Syracuse has a pair of edge defenders, uh, probably going to be D- day three guys, but but who I think have a ton of p- potential. So, uh, what uh, what can you tell us about uh, Kendall Coleman and Alton Robinson? Yeah, so it's funny because Alton Robinson, there was times, I guess, more last in the 2018 college football season where, like, we really thought that he could end up being a first-round pick. Um, And I didn't even know back then about the -the off-the-field issues, which, you know, guys, he he has some off-the-field, like, high school concerns um, that are well-documented if you Google. But um, I don't want to to you know to go too far into something that happened in high school that uh 
you know, it is what it is. I feel like that shouldn't hurt him in the draft. But now, yeah, he's being talked about more as a day three pick, um, maybe like round four or five for Alton Robinson and then maybe round seven for Kendall Coleman. But I think both of them have a lot of potential. The Bengals, I don't know, they have a lot of people who work for them that went to Syracuse but have not drafted a Syracuse guy since, like, Dave Lapham. So uh, it's been like a really long time. Um, so I don't ever get my hopes up on the Bengals drafting Syracuse guys. Though I do think that as a like day three pick, these are two good options for them. Both had, um, I think, Alton Robinson maybe nine sacks last year and Kendall Coleman 10, like second in the ACC. So get to the quarterback, a lot of tackles, a lot of sacks. Um, and, and they're definitely definitely playmakers and competing against some pretty good competition in the ACC the last two years. Um, even when Syracuse like kind of, you know, wasn't great this past season, um, both of them were making a lot of plays. So they uh, could be guys to watch for. I feel like Tom Coughlin now uh, he's gone from, from the league for now. So it's like, you always could count on him to draft a Syracuse guy, but Hopefully these guys get taken, if not by the Bengals, by someone and uh, can make a name for themselves. Yeah, I feel like Robinson's getting more attention than Coleman, but um, but, but I like I like Coleman's hips. You know, I just I think he's real smooth. He's not quite as fast as Robinson, but I can definitely see both of them being, you know, rotational role players. You know, who could definitely contribute something, pull off a couple sacks for somebody. The other guy uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, one of the weirder names to say, uh, it's not that weird of a name, but it's odd to say, Tristan Jackson, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the wide receiver, uh, 66 receptions, over 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, you know, what what you uh, think of Jackson this year? Yeah, a similar situation. I mean, he he still got his share of the of the stats, even with Syracuse regressing this past year. But um, I think it would be really exciting to see him in the league too. Kind of similar to um, Amba Etatawo, uh, like as mm. far as what he was able to do. And he was with the the Jaguars and the Giants, I think, for a little bit, but did not make it long in in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I think may, maybe could be someone that the Bengals would look at uh, maybe an undrafted free agency. I think if he does get drafted, it would probably be the seventh round more likely would be like a priority undrafted guy. Um, so back end wide receiver spot could be a name to watch for big dude. So kind of the Bengals style. Yeah, that's true. Definitely true. And I think, um, it's it, it's so tough this year, and people have talked about what a great class it is, but it, it really is true that this uh, you know they they are stacked with receivers. So uh, yeah, it comes down to fit and, and what people are looking for, and uh, for a lot of those guys, it's going to come down to special teams and being able to make it that way. So um, all right, so we we started off uh, talking about Dalton, uh, and you and I haven't talked uh, in a, in a while, so. I got to know now that it's getting close, now that it's right around the corner. Uh, what is your, your Joe Burrow comp? Oh man. I, I, I don't know about comp. I mean, I loved that Tom Brady thing going around. It's, you don't want to like put those kind of <laughs> expectations on someone though, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's hard because you just like, 
when you're talking about the Bengals, it's like so much has gone wrong. Every year it's something. It's like we, we're almost there and then we're not. Or we're just terrible and there's no discussion to be had. But it's with, like with Burrow, you know, there's the real potential that the Bengals can can be good and be something to look forward to again. And it's like the last two years of Bengals football, I guess really the last three, it's like you've hardly wanted to even watch the games. So I'm just looking forward to having exciting football to watch. And even if it's like not getting back to the playoffs, that it's at a level where, you know, it's something to look forward to, have have a good team that's developing. Um, so I don't know. I don't want to put any kind of, comparisons that he has to live up to but <laughs> I think that we all know that it, it's going to be really exciting and that you know we, the Bengals just can't mess this up just go draft your guy and get everyone excited the way that they already are getting <laughs> so unlike myself you were you were actually a journalist like you're a real professional like people sometimes would be like oh you you know, like, like people are ragging you on, t- on Twitter or something. You know, oh, oh, you, you call yourself a journalist to me? And I'm like, no, I never called myself a journalist <laughs> in my life. Um, <laughs> so the point I'm trying to make here is um, the word elite. You know, people talk about elite quarterbacks. And you probably, uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a trained wordsmith, uh, probably feel this way even more than I do. I hate the talk of elite quarterbacks. Because people will say that they're an elite quarterback, and then they'll list like ten to a dozen guys, and you know by definition, That's a third me. of the the starting quarterbacks can't be elite. That doesn't it doesn't work that way, right? Um, so to me, what an elite quarterback is, it's somebody who can drag you kicking and screaming to being competitive even when your team isn't that good. And that you know, it doesn't mean dragging them to the Super Bowl, but it means like like they, they're competing for a division championship even though they're really not a playoff roster. Um, and Dalton was never that. Yeah. You know, and that's that to me is what Burrow is, is Burrow's a talent where we've seen in the past the Bengals front office can draft well they've put together some drafts they've had some really talented rosters but then when they let Whitworth go when they let Zeitler go when they let Sanu Marvin Jones go and they don't have the plan it it destroys them so to me maybe Burrow is that guy who can weather that type of storm so we don't have to go through what we've had in the last couple of years. And then obviously the, the other swing of that is he's the guy that you give him that, that 2015 roster and, and we got a real shot at the Super Bowl. Uh, so I don't know. That, I mean, that's, um, that, that's what I think the, the real advantage of it is, is it's like, you can absolutely win games with Andy Dalton. You can absolutely win, uh, build around Andy Dalton. And I think he is still capable of winning games uh, in the right situation in the NFL. But Burrow's got that, you know, th- that elite quality that, you know, maybe he can make a bad team a, a nine-win team. And then that good team, you got a legitimate shot. So, that's what that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, uh, we'll we'll have the the higher peaks and the lower valleys. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I mean, you have to hope that that is what will happen, that he is the kind of guy who can, you know, turn a six win team into a 10 win team um, with, you know, just on his own. And I mean, that's a lot to ask for anyone. But, um, you know, when you're the number one overall pick, I guess, you know, that that's kind of put on you. The expectations are high. So, you know, we're we're all hoping for that. And I, I have confidence that he will deliver, unlike many of the talking heads who just want to talk down when speaking of the Bengals and say that Burrow is in over his head and that he's not going to be able to do it. Not I'm not on that on that ship i think that he is going to be able to do it and uh i have my hopes are high and i i feel confident in his ability to meet those expectations yeah a- absolutely i'm i'm with you 100 on that so looking forward to it i mean you know we uh we had a, a tough couple of years um <laughs> hopefully it's worth it and you know now we'll get the get the quarterback hopefully find uh you know a, a few other uh, big additions in the draft and uh see what uh what this new coaching staff can do yeah, so it, exactly. it took, a, took them a while to get going but you know i think uh the run game on offense in particular and uh and the defense overall showed a lot of improvement over the course of the year uh we forget that they came in late and were responsible for scouting because the way the team set up uh so they didn't have the time. I mean, that's, that's not an excuse. I I still think they should have been able to figure more out during the year. Uh, but now getting that first full off season, getting some tools around you, getting the Joe Burrow behind center. Um, we'll see, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we just got to hope for the best. Like I said, I think we deserve this. We deserve a great quarterback who can come and be our savior. So, you know, just just over here waiting for it to all happen and for happy Bengals days to be in our future. Absolutely. So, uh, well, where uh, where can people follow you and check out your work uh, currently? You can follow me at Rebecca underscore Toback and you could check out the stuff that I'm working on at at the post game. All right. Awesome. Well, definitely uh, uh, give her a follow. Great Bengals follow. Uh, and, uh, we will be, uh, back and we're going to keep producing stuff. I know we were joking around a little bit about the, the situation that both of us are in, uh, working from home and, and everything that's going on in the world right now. Uh, at Cincy Jungle, we are, we are trying to give you something to do. Those of you that don't have anything to do, uh, just came out with a, with an article that linked to a bunch of still relevant, uh, uh, content that's out there for those of you that are generally pretty busy might want to get caught up on some stuff uh that's on, on my twitter definitely check that out uh and we'll keep coming with uh lots of great uh you know videos podcasts and articles uh you know and keep you keep you busy keep you uh uh full with uh with bengals content as we get through the uh next few weeks until the draft here together so uh, check all that stuff out and make sure you're coming back and checking out the podcast again. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, we coming forward with sours. Yeah, we coming forward with sours. You hear the crowd, we coming forward with sours. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio. 
a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.